Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come in from the rain and join us, the couple of American Gothic from a long night of bullshit and sharp-stabbing pains. Whether you're an obnoxious punk rocker, a lovable oaf, or abusing parents, all are welcome to die in our house. We serve tea, let you listen to the radio whenever, and we also rip your face off and take your eyeballs out. Our Airbnb scores aren't great. But you don't really have a choice on horror movie night. We're going to discuss dolls. Yeah, that uh, that sounded like every other week. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was like halfway through. I'm like, oh, I get where the tone is that he wanted for this, and I started it wrong. Um, <laughs> hey, Matt. Hey, it's okay because we're picking. We're discussing your pick. This isn't my pick. Oh, it's not your pick. No, someone wrote in for this one. How stoked are you to be finally discussing this movie, Dude, though? well, I have discussed this previously, but not with you two, so this is Yeah, this is a exciting. long time ago that we did this on Horror Club. This was that the was like third this... movie. It yeah, was I was the... going to say second or third. That was fucking It was your first pick, wasn't it? Yep. My very yeah. first pick was Dolls. I fucking love this movie. Love this movie. Ha, we know. So I'm um, very excited for... I was very excited when Scott picked it. Uh, yes, the guy who picked it was also named Scott. And that's not me just calling in. Okay, I was going to see if his uh, if he sent in. He did send in an email, but he basically just sent us a list of options. All he said was, I'd love to hear what you guys think of these movies. Disclaimer, I'm not saying that any of these movies are good. Dolls is definitely like one of my favorite movies. I I actually was just on the Matt Mania with Mega Ran podcast, and he asked me to name my top five favorite horror films from the 80s, and Dolls made my cut. I was thinking on the fly, though, and I got really angry because I forgot to say Dream Warriors, which... Oh, I know. I know. You fucking blasphemer, you. I Jesus. know. I know. I did remember to say Alligator and Sleepaway Camp, though, so I feel like I'm okay on that side. <laughs> so Dolls starts out with easily the worst parents in, like, cinema history. <laughs> like, 
Man, they suck. They are the most abusive. Like, all they do to this kid, who is one of the most adorable child actresses I've ever seen in the movie, and they are just berating her, talking about how they wish she'd die. Like, like they are so cruel to her, and she doesn't do anything obnoxious or wrong at all. She's just, like, like a little tiny... I can't even think out a word. Like, there's lines... She is one of the few child actresses in horror films that can actually deliver comedic lines, and it's, like, believable and funny. And There there are times in this movie where I was like, ugh, child actors, and then, I, and then she was, like, paired up with other people in the scene. I'm like, you know what? She's doing a lot better than the adults in this movie. <laughs> so, so, three things. I, I couldn't remember why the guy married the, the ugly troll of a woman, and I was like, it's money, right? And then I was like vindicated later on. There's like a, 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 a note much later. It's like, oh, yeah, money. But, man, she sucks so bad. I have some serious questions about stylistic choices in this film. The First of all, being the fact that Rosemary, the mom, mother-in-law, evil stepmother, evil stepmother, is always wearing a, a, like a wrap on her hair. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that. I I remember the 80s, and I don't remember that being a thing, <laughs> so I don't know. But um, the, uh, the the dad sucks just as much. Like, really, really. But, you know, I realized one of the main reasons why you love this movie so much. Because Ralph is like a chubby... <laughs> he's a chubby schmosby. <laughs> He just looks like fucking Mosby. He does. He does look like Ted Mosby. No, no, no. You know who he looks like? He looks like uh, the kid that played Rudy and was in like the Lord oh of the Rings. Oh my god, Sean, He does look like Sean Astin. It was fat Sean Astin. So, oh, just Sean Astin. <laughs> so you know the story behind this movie, though, like how, like why this movie even exists. No, no do tell just, me. They they just were used to do the giant murderous teddy bear scene. No, that, was, that is the best scene in the movie. It blew the load so early in this movie. <laughs> um, they shot from beyond. Okay, and, and then they had to wait like a couple weeks to finish up some special effects work. So they just wrote and shot this movie on the set of From Beyond just to kill some time while they were waiting for uh for everything else. That is mind blowing. Yeah. I would never like if you've been like, "Hey, this this was filmed on the same set as a movie that you know and love." I'd be like, "Okay, at what?" I would have never Freak. once guessed that it was from Beyond. <laughs> same set as Castle Freak. Um, uh, what was that really? No, but I would believe it. Actually, that wouldn't shock me. I can't imagine that there's a ton of castles that Charles Band has at his disposal. <laughs> that, that does seem like such a total Charles Band maneuver, though. He's like, ah, shit, we got 15 minutes to kill. You guys want to make a movie? Like, <laughs> we can turn it into an hour. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, Charles, what do you want to make the movie about? Uh, I don't know. Fucking dolls. We'll just do dolls again. Whatever. <laughs> well, this was the first of the dolls movie. This is two years before the first Puppet Master. Oh, this is Holy really... shit! Yeah. You see his uh, his fetish really kick into overdrive here. Like, he's discovering something inside himself. Um, <laughs> this, this definitely woke something within him. <laughs> but, so, so, Scott, you already brought it up, so let's, let's dive right into it. The fucking dream sequence with that teddy bear is so good. And <laughs> the best part is when the fucking, fucking bear shrugs. shrugs. Oh my god. It, oh, I... yeah, that was so... <laughs> 
She just likes Teddy, and he's like, ah, you got me. Happy the lucky song credits start rolling. And she's like, this movie could have ended there. And I would have still like, this movie's awesome. If this movie was a 15 minute short just about a killer teddy bear, it would have been Oscar worthy. But unfortunately, that that is just a dream sequence. And Rosemary, Judy, and I don't remember the father's name. Who cares? Uh, make their way into this spooky old house uh, of a former toy builder and his wife. Uh, they're both very eccentric, uh, and they love toys. And I, you know what? The thing that I like about this movie is that it kind of has that, like, it's a fairy tale movie, and it's it's like... There's parts where it feels super aimed at children, and then there's, like, the teddy bear scene or the person with no eyeballs in the attic. I have a note about that as well. It's much later. But um, the the whole point, though, is, uh, to me, it, it comes to fruition with the note at the end, um, which I don't want to jump too far into it. But it really seems like this movie is kind of awesome in that sense where it really does seem like a story a kid would tell you just – Gored up. Yeah. You know, like, and then the teddy bear came and he mauled mommy and daddy because they're evil. And then we went to this house and then there's an old man and an old woman. And then this friend Ralph shows up and he brings two girls with them and they're naughty. And so they get killed by living dolls. But then inside the dolls are miniature people. I mean, come on. I mean, doesn't it seem like it's X Cop, the, the horror movie, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it does. It's like if a little kid was telling you this story, but you were using your adult imagination to like fill in those blanks. And it's like, yeah, and then the bear ate the parents, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what that would look like. Pretty fucking graphic, I bet. <laughs> and Okay, this is this is definitely a great example of why Adam should not reproduce. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting there telling the kid, I'm like, "Yep, absolutely. It's swipe. You know, a bear swipe can actually decapitate your head. That's how strong they are." <laughs> did you know that? I didn't think you did. No, you didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they're they're joined by Ralph and two of the most annoying British hoodlums that you'll ever meet. Oh, uh, I, I refer to them as Trollop One and Trollop Two. <laughs> I don't actually I call, remember their names. I called them trash punks the whole movie. <laughs> um, can um, I just before we get too far ahead, I want to say that the the evil parents. I mean, we've met this family before. Now we've never seen the parents, but we've met the family because they had a son, and they let him wander off and run around in the woods. And then he found a spooky birthday party in a house. Don't these seem like the type of parents that would lead to a kid being so disassociated from from reality that he would think that that birthday it's Spookies all over again? This is the prequel, the the prequel and or sequel to Spookies, just, uh, undetermined uh, if this is pre or post Spookies. Um, hey, this is a great time for me to announce that fucking Duke has a Twitter account. I saw that happen. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that is such a fucking oh, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I don't think the Duke is real. It, it's hard to put that accent into text <laughs> without just sounding ignorant. All I know is that when I pitched my idea of him doing movie reviews, I spelled stars S T O U H S. You gotta shoot for the shoot for the moon because even if you miss, you'll still hit the stars. Um. So. So the British gals are uh, planning to rob the building, 
uh, and then one of them is attacked. Unseen still. We still aren't sure that it's toys, but we're pretty sure it's toys. It's uh, called fucking dolls. <laughs> Look, Fuck. you never what? know. <laughs> what a couple of fucking stupid degenerates that it's like, we're trapped here. We can't leave. We're in the rain. And it's like, well, I'll better rob the place while we're here. It's like, you fucking idiots. <laughs> uh, what do they call it? Antiques? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, antiques. Antiques. Are they antiques? You know? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, man. Fuck, I can't stand them. Um, <laughs> you know, I actually... I refer to the blonde one as um, punk rock Eliza Doolittle because she is so unrefined. She's like, you know, what's wrong with the way I talk? Yes. <laughs> Everything. You sound like you have horse shit in your mouth. <laughs> it looks like it too. That The brown haired one, man, the brunette's teeth are, she looks like she was chowing down on some poop. When but, uh, we get to the reveal scene later where her eyeballs pop out, I, I think fucking, we just got there. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. I, I was like, still ah. love that scene. I love that scene. I love that this is one of those movies where you know that it was sold on the poster, and they're like, <laughs> well, fucking, we got to put that poster in the movie. <laughs> like, there's no other reason for that scene. So, well, no, it's, 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 it's shock and, and creepiness, and I, I agree. I think it's awesome for, for this movie. Uh, it's so, required. So Ralph is accused of of murder. Uh, now, if they would have just shut the fuck up for two seconds, they would have realized that there's no fucking way that he would have been the killer. Ugh, I hate the parents so much. Especially because this is the only time they suddenly care about this daughter who they've wished death upon at least six times in the movie by now. Yeah. Ralph and Judy continue to hang out. Because Judy's like, fuck you, mom and dad. I like Ralph more than both of you combined, so I'm going to hang out with him because he's like a fat child. Um, he, is, he is like the lovable oaf. Like, he's very childlike. Uh, and, and his life is spared by the toys because they sense that, that childlike wonder inside of him. Um, so, so Rosemary's... Uh, wait, wait, wait. So, so um, I love the part... Well, so two things. One... Um, you should never trust an old man with big crazy hair. I've said it a million times, and this just this movie reinforces it. All right, and I have another adage that I need to remind you guys of: toys are very loyal. That's why you only need one dildo. <laughs> and that's a fact. That's a Matt Kelly fact. So Ralph still isn't sold on the little people, as Judy keeps referring to them. But then suddenly, the punch doll that the old man gave her talks. And talks very clearly, unlike all of the other dolls, which are just like, like it's like the, like they just talk in like skitters. Uh, but he just like talks clear as day. He talks that one time, and it's never brought up again. Like it's actually, you know, I I don't remember what he says. What does he say? He just says, "You know, Ralph, deep inside, you know." Wow, I I've seen this movie how many times, and I forgot that that happens. Yeah, I, I missed that part too. <laughs> it, it's so fit because he's like, I don't know what's going on here, and then all of a sudden, Punch's mouth starts moving, and that's when he's like, I think the toys might be alive in this building. <laughs> um, he then proceeds to kick a shit ton of them in the face. So, I, I don't which know is why. awesome though, because when they show the fact that they have like miniature humans inside, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it is. And I spe- yeah, they, you see that in the scene uh, before that where the girl gets uh, shot by all like the nutcrackers and stuff, too. 
she like sets one of the one of them on fire. It's dressed yeah. like a little cowboy. It, and they look like dolls. <laughs> <laughs> they they look like they have little gremlin skin inside them. They're all like shriveled up and weird looking. Yeah, it looks like like. Uh... I don't know. I, I was kind of like when he's like "you witch," and then he's like, "Ah, oh, he's a little slow, but he's figured it out." Um, you know, like I don't really think that there. I, I would not have guessed witch. No, I, I would have guessed voodoo, but I wouldn't have guessed traditional witch. So, well, they, so that's about where we're at anyway in the plot. Is is the the big reveal, which is that? Well, actually, the one thing I want to bring up before we get to that is. The uh, the stop motion for the dolls when they attack Rosemary in bed, um, for for apparently done on the fly and and the first of many Charles Band stop motions, uh, still looks pretty good. Like even yeah. all these years later, it looks like good fucking stop motion when the one thing's got the knife and it starts coming down and everything. Um, but yes, it's revealed that the uh, toy maker and his wife are witches. And they have been turning, shrinking people down into toys, uh, and then we get to witness uh, Judy's dad shrink into a replacement punch doll because he destroys the other one. That was pretty fun. You know, there's there's one question. I mean, I guess that's another question I had about that. I mean, I really liked that that um, transformation, um, but why wasn't there any? Um, why wasn't there any? human body inside the punch doll because it just doesn't really fit with the whole point of having the surprise like oh people inside the dolls yeah i don't know that uh it didn't really line up especially since every other doll we saw that got busted open had that inside of them right like yeah yeah literally every single one but uh, I want to just point out that in this transition from human to doll, he definitely does look like Sloth from the Goonies for a yeah, couple he of does. shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of it looks really cool and some of it not so much. Like <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, he's freaking out. Somebody get him a baby Ruth. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, like when he's got the giant prosthetic hump on his back, I'm like, oh, this doesn't look so good. But the actual shot of him like shrinking down as the little doll legs kick and everything actually looks really well done. There was like the this effects really wavered a lot. Like there was the times when you saw them in stop motion and that was cool. But there was other times where it looked like they were literally just throwing dolls at people and people were like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have to argue the opposite. I think the stop motion looks less good than when they're like throwing the punch doll across the room because he's like, ah, you know? <laughs> That's the exact um, noise that he makes as he soars. Yeah. T- okay. Also, um, I found my fucking spirit animal in this movie. It's the one doll that has the pencil mustache and it's wearing a dress. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get that. There are so many questions I have about this movie. I've seen it so many times, but that doll just speaks to me. It says, you know, Google Gobble, one of us, is basically I, right here. I'm pretty sure if I'm thinking of the right doll, they pass a close-up of his face at one point, and he's just like, So Judy and Ralph are knocked out, and they wake up, and the old toy maker uh, reads a note that he's clearly making up on the spot, which you'd think... They've been knocked out for a while. He's had a couple hours to plan this. <laughs> He's done this a ton of times. He'd, he'd he be a little bit have better. hundreds of, of human bodies in that <laughs> house. He's never had to cover his tracks ever, apparently. Um, it's such a weird thing. Like, he just decides. He's just like, all right, Ralph, you're going to be the father to this child now. Have fun with that. 
<laughs> you got to drive her to Chicago, get her to Chicago. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, I know that you're a child at heart, but now you get to be a grown-up parent. Have fun. <laughs> Oh, Jesus and, Christ. And then Judy's immediately like, I think you'll like my mom. She's really pretty. <laughs> and that's, that's, okay, there's, of all the questions I have in this movie, I want to know, is Judy's mom really goddamn hot? <laughs> it's really important. Charles Band needs to answer yeah. this question. We need at least one hot person in this movie, and so far we're not getting it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. those, those, uh, what did you call them, Adam, the punk girls? Trash, trash punks. <laughs> trash punks. Even, even the, the Madonna bee is not that cute. She's the uh, cutest thing we've got in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you do get a nip slip as she's about to be brutally murdered by dolls, but it's really very, very unsexy. Um, this is <laughs> no, a very, I, very sexy film. I've been calling them trash punks, but they certainly don't stack up to trash the punk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nothing stacks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well done. Talk about her boobs! Well fucking done. <laughs> Man, I, I should be more careful who I have on our Twitter because I've been checking our Twitter like at work and at least once a fucking day, because I'm following all these horror people, at least once a day, there is a naked scream queen on that fucking Twitter feed. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, fuck! Can I have the handle information for that Twitter? Because like, I, I need to start my day off a little bit better. Yeah. No, see, because if I give you that, Scott's you're going to be not... handling all sorts of stuff. You know? <laughs> and Scott, yeah. we Scott, we know for a fact, is not against looking at nude people while sitting at his desk at work. Oh, yeah, he'll just sit there and watch Killer work it. That was my old setup. I moved to a different building and now have... No privacy with which to watch killer workouts, so that will never happen again. So I'm a normal, I'm a normal employee again, and it's boring. Um, what can you do? Sorry, sorry to disappoint. I guess. Yeah, yeah, um, real, real sad, sad day for me and my penis. So there's a point towards the very end of the movie where the the toy maker and his wife suddenly seem super evil. <laughs> um, yeah, what the hell? Like, out of nowhere, they're just like, you could stay here with us, Judy. <laughs> like, And then you're like, oh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and I, I like I like the look of the uh, the dollified versions of the, the four victims. Like, if they sold that as a set, I would kind of consider buying them. Because uh, they're just oh, the right level of creepy. You have no... Uh, there's... You have no like concept of not buying shit when when it goes on sale, so that's not saying much. Oh, you mean like how if you go into my guest bathroom, directly above the toilet is a statue of the Ghoulies poster. <laughs> <laughs> what a statue of the poster! Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a dirty toilet with a ghoulie that you can either plop inside the bowl or it can also hang off the side of the lid if you want to duplicate the Ghoulies two cover. Wait. Was that there when I visited last year? No, I bought that shit in Salem. <laughs> uh, damn it. God, you're such a tease. <laughs> Come and visit me someday and you'll see it again. Yeah, well, you just have to go back. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go, and they apparently had plans for a Dolls 2 that never happened. Uh, the plan was going to be that the movie would start off with Judy and Ralph. Uh, Ralph now married to Judy's mother. We would have finally seen if she was hot. Uh, we would have seen if she was hot, and they receive a package in the mail that contained yeah, do. doll versions of the toy maker and the old woman, implying that the dolls had revolted 
and then they go back to try to uh, keep the dolls from escaping and causing havoc. Not sure if that would have been a good movie or a bad movie. Probably a bad movie. Yeah, I can almost certainly tell you it would be a bad movie. (laughs) Fun to watch. (laughs) I'm all about Charles Band. What do you expect? I'm all about there being more dolls movies, but instead he focused on uh, the Puppet Master movies, and uh, we're all better for it. Uh, Let's not go that far. So do you guys have uh, any other notes, or should we jump over to what did we watch this week? I have one note. All right. Two, two. Oh, shit, I got tons of notes. I'm, I'm going to fix I'm gonna. I have a bunch of loose ends that I'm just going to bring out right now. Rosemary's death is really unsatisfying for as evil as she was. It's very anticlimactic. But it's also kind of funny because she was too dumb to see that she, if she jumped over the dolls, she'd go through a fucking window to her death. Uh, so they actually did have a way more brutal death, apparently, in which the scene where the husband, like, throws the bed sheet off, like, apparently her intestines were supposed to be, like, torn out, and the dolls were supposed to be, like, eating her from the inside out or whatever. Oh, my God! But it was decided that for, like, the tone of the rest of the movie, that was far too gruesome for, for like, the rest of the movie that is kind of like a kid's movie that just has a ca- occasional gory shit, so they, they trimmed that out, apparently. You know what? I'll tell you when I've had enough. <laughs> so, in all caps, fuck you, clowny. How did you not mention that quote? How did we How did we forget that? No. I didn't forget. You just steamrolled way past. I'm sorry. It. So, uh, this movie has like an anti-consumerist agenda when Ralph and the crazy old dude are talking. He's like, "Toys are just so much more forgettable now." And, and it's just like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't buy new toys. You should just have ones made out of wood. And then the, wouldn't Judy recognize her dad's PJs on the punch doll? They have his fucking anagram, like his, mo- they're monogrammed. Like, yeah. she'd be like, yeah, a- punch, you're in a different outfit. They look exactly like my dad's PJs. And dad's nowhere to be found. She's a child. She doesn't know any better. <laughs> God damn it. And then last, the last piece of my my suspension of belief really wavered when those muskets didn't need to get refilled before firing a second time on the brown trash punk brown haired trash punk <laughs> like she got shot twice in a row and they didn't i mean are they magic muskets you sound, you sound like the Simpsons nerd in that one episode. <laughs> it's like, in this episode of Itchy and Scratchy, Itchy clearly hits Scratchy's kidney twice, oh, yeah. but it produces two different... Can I ask you a question? Why would a grown man with a shirt that says Genius at Work spend all his time watching a children's cartoon? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Whenever Poochie's not on the screen, everyone should be asking, where's Poochie? <laughs> a, a wizard did it. Yeah, anything like that happens, a wizard did it. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I like this movie. It was, it was I, I'm not done. I have one more. Oh, okay, <laughs> go ahead. Wouldn't Ralph's car be ruined if the top was down all through that terrible rainstorm? He comes in and he's like, oh, we're all wet. And it rains all night long and there's thunder and lightning. And then... He's like, oh, Judy, let's go. Let's go right now. And, like, we have to go. And the top's down. Car's dry on the inside. And then he goes from super freaked out to totally fine. Like, uh, she's like, have you ever thought about being a daddy? And he's like, well, yeah, no, I don't know. Like, come on. 
Well, the old couple gave him that shitty, uh, half-hearted monologue at the end with like, I don't know what happened. Anyways, <laughs> see you later. My maybe maybe the old couple went outside and was like, let's get their car nice and ready for them. Let's yeah, lower the top. <laughs> there's a deleted scene where the old couple opened that suicide door and it was just like, whoosh, and all the water. <laughs> wow, dude, I watched the shit out of that scene. They had hours to think of like their excuse. They wasted it cleaning up Ralph's car. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. It's perfect. Uh, all right, so what did you guys watch this week? Well, I mean, Game of Thrones wrapped up, Silicon Valley wrapped up. Um... Adam, do you want to go really in depth on how how they're fucking killing it on Game of Thrones this week? Man, that's that season finale was fucking amazing. Like, there was parts of that where I had my head in my hands, just like in disbelief, like, oh my fucking god, I can't believe they did this, and like. Everybody, essentially everybody, gets uh, gets some of their loose ends tied up. We know where everybody's going to be. Man, the next two seasons of that show, because I think there's only two seasons left that they're going to do before they wrap it up. But uh, the next two seasons of that is going to be fucking crazy, man. Man, that show's so good. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have a major heart on for that show. I really do. It's just so well done. And I hear people complain about it, and it just none of that makes any sense to me. I'm like, how could you not love this? This is so... Do you want, do you want to hear me complain about it? Sure. What's your complaint with it? Not enough titties? Um, <laughs> uh, no. um, I, I actually haven't ever watched it. I've seen scenes, but I've never watched an entire episode. And Megan is always like... Well, not always, but she said like three to four, four different times, we should really watch Game of Thrones. And I just go, No. Because the the whole thing has been spoiled for me. Like, I, I I know all these things about the show. And so it doesn't seem like there's really anything worth watching. See, for um, me, I, I'm avoiding it. And I still have managed to not have really anything spoiled for me because I just don't care. Like, if people are posting about Game of Thrones, I'm not going to read it. So I just ignore it. <laughs> so I've managed to somehow not know a single thing about anything that happens in this show except for hold the door. Like It's the only thing I know. I don't even know the context of it or what it's about. I just know that on the front of every single door in my office is a picture of some fat guy. <laughs> so like, yeah, somebody put that on the open door button in the elevator at my work as well. Real original, guys. Um, Real original. Speaking, speaking, of weird, speaking of weird shit at work, Someone noticed in our elevator that the elevator inspector's name was R. Romano. So now when you when you press the door, like the button for the doors to close in the elevator, as the doors close all the way, inside the door, as it closes, is a picture of Ray Romano with a word bubble that says, yep, everything's cool back there. <laughs> well, uh, you know, one day that elevator is going to fail and you're going to be like, oh, wow, fucking Ray must have had a really... <laughs> Stressful time at home with Marie and shit. Like. <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll go next. Uh, I only have one movie to talk about and then a little bit of uh, self selfless promotion. <laughs> um, so uh, I watched American Ultra. I had said that I was going to be watching it at the end of the previous episode, and it's good. That's yeah, you liked it? Yeah, that's literally all I can say, though. Like, it's not like <laughs> – like, it is literally a good movie. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it didn't blow me away, but I enjoyed it quite yeah, a bit. I would watch it again, but I, I don't think it would be like a movie that I'd watch, like, like repeatedly. Like, it's not a masterpiece or anything. I, I would recommend it to people as, like, a fun little action film slash comedy. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's nothing to, not, nothing too crazy. Um 
Real quick plugs. I was uh, I don't remember if I plugged this last week, so just in case, I was on the reviewed podcast. I reviewed uh, Independence Day. Uh, I was recently on the Matt Mania podcast with Mega Ran talking about wrestling. I know some of you guys who listen yes. are are wrestling fans, so check that out. Um, and uh, I've been checking out a podcast that uh, Adam actually turned me on to because they are following us on Twitter and we've been chatting with them, and that is the Gore Horseman podcast tying into wrestling. Uh, it is a horror movie slash wrestling podcast, and I kind of like the way that they do their show. It's definitely a very unique uh, way to do things is at the end of each episode, they draw from two hats. One hat has a month, the other one has a year, and they have to pick a horror movie that was released during that month slash year, and then oh, wow. they also review whatever <laughs> WWF pay-per-view aired that same month and year. Uh, so it's kind of just fun, if, especially if you're into both of those things. It's a pretty cool podcast to check out. But side note to those guys, because I'm sure they're listening, get a babysitter. I love the show so much, but one of you guys has a kid, and that kid is practically the fourth co-host of that show. He is so chatty. <laughs> He's so chatty. It's not, distra- it's not that distracting, but it is just like I'm, I'm listening. I'm like, I hear that kid. He's saying, "Daddy." He's playing a. He's playing with a <laughs> that toy. That was the thing they called it—the Gore Horseman, right? And yeah. I was like, "Oh, I, there's probably four hosts," and then there was only three of them, and I was like, "Well, that's weird." But that kid talks so much that the name still works because it's four. And finally, uh, I'll probably mention this also next week, but I will be at San Diego Comic Con. I will be handing out business cards and hanging Woo! out at the Geekscape booth, and that is booth. Three nine one nine. So swing by, say hello. Make sure that you mention that you're a fan of horror movie night, and uh, I won't give you anything, but I'll I'll give you a fist bump, maybe, possibly a hug, or I'll just give you a business card. Who knows? But come by and say hello while I'm running around San Diego Comic Con for a couple days. Scott, take us home. <laughs> oh, oh God! All right. So Megan watched Orange is the New Black. Fuck that show. Um, <laughs> seriously, that. Okay, so I figured out why I hate that show with a burning passion now. First, the first season was fun um, because it was new and interesting and and relatively relatively good. You know, like it was definitely an easy thirteen episodes or whatever the hell length it was. Then the second season comes out, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be fucking great. Megan burns through it in like three days. And I'm like, well, I, I was gonna watch it too. And she's like, that's fine. I'll watch it with you. And so we watched the second season, and by the halfway point, I'm like, there's too much bad shit happening in this. It, it reminds me of something, and I can't put my finger on why this is pissing me off. And then season three starts, and I'm just like, I don't really care anymore. And I'm like, man, Megan, why is this show such crap? She's like, well, it's probably because it's the same person that did Weeds. The same uh, show head is the or like you know the main writer i guess is the woman who did weeds which had the exact same trajectory first season hilarious fun awesome second season on garbage just taking the main characters and if if there's like a a coin toss for like heads right decision tails worst fucking decision ever it's always tails like, do you, do you think in the next season they'll all get transferred to a prison in Mexico? <laughs> I don't know. That It'll may... be just like weeds. It'll fucking... Uh. It, but, like, there's, there's there's no redeeming qualities to, to either show now. And, uh, like, 
the thing that really sucks for me is that Weeds, I thought, had a really dynamic cast. I feel like the cast in Orange is the New Black, while all being phenomenal actors, like all those women are just phenomenal, they're given a pile of shit to work with. From, so, from what I'm told, they take that main character, that Piper, Piper's the main yeah. character name, right? Yeah. They yeah. take her and just make her like an irredeemable piece of shit. You know? That's like so what... basically like what happens in Weeds. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that sounds so spot on. Yeah, it's fucking weeds. She's just a chick for weeds. Huh? Does she try and fuck her way out of every situation? Yep. Wow. Yeah, that uh, that woman's <laughs> really just, knows how just... to write one season of it. <laughs> Change the penis to a vagina, and she just rides all the vaginas. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what demons the show writer is trying to work herself through. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, she's got she's got a, a one track mind, and it's hey, how can I make everybody hate my protagonist? How do you um, how do you think the real life Piper must feel about this though? Because I'm pretty sure like the real life person that she's based on was in jail for like nine months. Like it was. I, I didn't even know it was based on a real person. Yeah, I'm it's pretty based sure on a she memoir. signed her. She signed her life away to have a TV show made about her, and I'm sure she signed. Every single release that says, hey, I can make your character fucking Satan incarnate and you'll still get a paycheck. Are you okay with this? Check yes. And she did. So anyway, enough about that piece of crap. I finished season three of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It ruled so good. Um, It it was just – it's a great companion to uh, everything that's happening in the MCU right now. Um, They they really do small screen – very well. And it's a, it's still a spy show. Like, it's got sci-fi elements to it. And I think that they've gotten very, very adept at mixing spy shit with aliens. It's really cool. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of people that fan the fandom, if you will, for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, are less impressed with this season than season two. But um, I love them for different different reasons, for sure. Um and they are already working on season four. It got greenlit in March, which was like five weeks before when normal shows get greenlit, uh, which is awesome. But it is disappointing that um, Agent Carter, which is the um, 1940s TV show based on Captain America's pseudo-girlfriend, uh, Peggy Carter, starring, starring Haley uh, Atwell, did not get renewed for a third season. But I know that all the... Uh, all the actors and most of the writers of that show are pushing for either a TV movie or like a you know, like a four part miniseries or finding another channel or whatever another somebody else to to bankroll a third and final season to kind of give them the bookends that they need to to wrap up their stories. So I would love that. But yeah, if you don't watch Agents of Shield, you guys should really start from season one. I've been trying to get Megan to start, and she just doesn't want to. But it's okay. She's got more than enough stuff to watch, and so do I. Um, and I don't necessarily need her to watch more <laughs> superhero stuff. She's 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 a beautiful person for watching The Flash with me every week. Something that she and I watched together, which was a real out of left field pick. Uh, over the weekend, we watched Overboard from 1987 or 88, I think. It's Kurt Russell Russell and Goldie Hawn. I told you it was weird. She was like, let's rent a movie. And I said, okay. And she said, I want something light. And I said, sure, me too. And she said, okay, something older. And I said, okay, that's cool with me. She said, it doesn't have to be from the 50s or 60s. I said, great. 
And so, I don't know, we kind of were looking at like, we got onto 80s comedies or something and, and it came up and she was like, oh, I remember that movie being funny. I watched it as a kid. And I said, well, let's watch it because we just watched Death Becomes Her a couple weeks ago. Uh, so we we rented it and it's pretty fun. Um, now, is that the one where she has like memory loss or whatever? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the the, the oh, here's the weirdest thing. So Goldie Hawn at the beginning is this rich bitch. She's just like a really awful woman, um, and she's married to the head vampire from Fright or from uh, from Lost Boys. Okay. And then their servant is Roddy McDowell, who plays Peter Vincent in Fright Night. Which I thought was hilarious. And I'm like laughing the whole time. So I'm like, it's the guy from Friday Night. It's Peter Vincent. And it's the, why isn't he killing his boss? Because he's a vampire. And then, so the, the whole crux of the story oh, is. God, Scott, you're such a loser. <laughs> like, says the guy like, who's not married. I know. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, I love Megan so much because she deals with like. All she wants to do is watch this nice little romantic comedy that has nothing to do with horror movies at all. And you probably made the same joke about the, the one dude slaying the other dude. And she's just sitting there like, I just wish he'd asked me if I liked Kurt Vonnegut at this point because I'm already sick of this joke now. Uh, he already did that eight this morning when we got out of bed. But uh, I just imagine her sitting there like, why you always got to bring it back to that? Okay, Why can't we just watch a movie? It's scary. It's like you guys are watching me. Close caption TV in my life. Um yeah, I, I really knocked it out of the park with her. I don't know how I got her. Seriously. I'm not that attractive or, or charming or talented or anything. She's gorgeous and smart and funny, and, and she, she's got a great job. She could have anybody. She picked this <laughs> for her life. Um, but anyway, you guys think that I'm making up the, the, the comparisons, but Roddy McDowell was the executive director so Peter Vincent was the executive director of this movie, if I remember correctly. It might be executive producer, but I'm pretty sure it's director. There's a scene – okay, so the crux of the movie is that um, Kurt Russell, not Kurt Vonnegut, is uh, this handyman, goes on Goldie Hawn's houseboat, which is a giant yacht. Sorry, not, 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 like, not like Don's houseboat or, or <laughs> whose houseboat it was. It was Don, um, yeah. Yeah, um, but it, it's like this giant yacht. And then she's, like, drunk at night, falls off and washes up in this podunk town. And they had had a fall. She and Kurt Russell had a falling out. She's got no memory. He sees it on the news and, like, makes up this story that she's his wife because he just moved into town so nobody knows that she's not. So then he's like, oh, I'm just going to, like, make her pretend to be my wife and clean up the house and, and watch the kids while I go get drunk with my buddy at the bowling alley for a month, and then I'll tell her the truth. And then he falls in love with her and blah, blah. But there's a part where his, one of his, like, four sons, uh, they're, they're, like, tearing ass around the house. And he's like, guys, can you keep it down? And the youngest one's like, Dad, the guys are trying to – my brothers are trying to make me drink blood. So come on. That's three vampire things. It has to be. <laughs> What a fucking stretch. Come on. You know what I love is 
I love that people have subscribed to a podcast <laughs> called Horror Movie Night and Are listened to five minutes of of Scott explaining the plot line to the rom com over, overboard. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've at hey. least learned to keep my my wrestling dog down to like minute tops. Like <laughs> Because wrestling is insufferable. Overboard <laughs> is a hidden gem. Fuck you. It's not also, hidden. It's one of the most well known rom coms out there. <laughs> no, it's not. I've never seen it. Let me tip you off on this little unknown flick. It's called Citizen Kane. I don't you probably never heard of it, but there's another rom com. It's called Pretty Woman. It was pretty unknown gem. <laughs> a lot of not a lot of people saw that. <laughs> I, oh, I got man. this. I know a good real. I got. A, I got this really good action sci-fi adventure. You probably never heard of. It. It's called Star Wars. It's uh. <laughs> dude, dude, dude! Is that the sequel to this movie with this like, this this alien that pops out of a guy's chest? It's called Spaceball. I was hoping you were going Spaceball so badly. <laughs> yes. I was sitting here like, you say Spaceballs. I was mentally like, say Spaceballs, motherfucker. <laughs> say Spaceballs. That's also what you say when we're being intimate. <laughs> Say space balls. Fucking say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your Schwartz is bigger than mine. It's uh it's space balls too, the quest for more orgasms between <laughs> Scott and Matt. <laughs> I think we lost Matt because he should be rolling on these jokes. I'm waiting for the moment of silence so I can say That was dolls from nineteen eighty seven. Don't uh, edit any of this. <laughs> Uh, so we're recording this before the Twitter takedown, so I'm not going to say thank you to anybody just yet, because I don't know if you all bailed on us or not. Fucking hopefully it went well. We yeah, had a good turn here's hoping it was a blast. Um, so, hey guys, you can pat me on the back for my cover song now. Yes. <laughs> um, so make sure to send us some of your requests at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. Adam has absolutely been killing it running the Twitter account, so now you should also check out HMN Podcast on Twitter. Uh, and, you know, shoot us some love. Send us some ratings and reviews and, and all that good jazz on iTunes because we appreciate it. It helps bump us up in the ratings. You know, if you haven't subscribed to SoundCloud, we're, like, really fucking close to 200 followers on SoundCloud. So if you haven't yeah. yet, go to SoundCloud.com backslash Horror Movie Night. We are making Jonathan London shake in his boots because our episodes <laughs> are getting so close to the numbers of Geekscape every week. It's not even funny. So, uh, hey, 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 you missed a very important shout-out. Twitter, at fucking Duke, F-A-H. <laughs> K-I-N-D-U-K-E. <laughs> fucking Duke. We'll give you five stars on your fucking movies. It's going to review everything. Do all the coke. Stare at all the boobs. Uh, Me and Alicia going downstairs to have sex in that fucking mess down there. The monster's <laughs> left behind. Uh, drink some shitty wine. Uh, and finally, if you haven't listened to it yet, you probably had received the bonus episode that we released that was our best of episode, our kind of one-year wrap-up. Uh, make sure, if you want people to know about Horror Movie Night, that's a great starting point to let them in on all the inside jokes and all the fun that they've missed out on. They can go and check out some past episodes from that point. But also, really important thing is at the end of that episode, if you didn't hear it, we are talking about doing some type of a uh, either a patreon or or an indiegogo we need to hear your guys opinions what we should do 
Um, but we want to really start hitting some conventions, and that costs money, especially when all three co-hosts live in completely different locations. So let us know. Is this something you'd be willing to donate to? What type of prizes would you want? And uh, would you want to do a monthly payment, or would you want to just do once a year we bother you for some money to plan out our summer of hitting up conventions? So let us know. We definitely want to meet some of you guys in person, and the best way for us to do that is to go to these conventions, set up booths, shake hands, hand out cards, and record some episodes. Uh, Thank you guys always for listening, and don't forget to send us your uh, picks for movies that you would like to hear us talk about at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. Like horror movies? Like wrestling? Check out the Gore Horseman Podcast. Each week, we pick a month and year and review the world of horror and wrestling at that time. From slashes to suplexes, vampires to Vicky Guerrero, the Gore Horseman Podcast covers it all. Check us out on Twitter, at Gore Pod, or find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 